Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, if you were watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. And if you're on the podcast to Launch and Scale, also be sure to subscribe. I have one of my literal favorite humans here, uh, Chris Prendergast. We've been working pretty closely on Jamstack for, it seems like about three years now, oh, right? Yeah, about, uh, yeah, three and a half years, I think. Right. So Jamstack, you know, if you guys are familiar with my work, you've, you may have heard me interview Chris before on how he was able to bring a game changing electric guitar amplifier to the market a few years back. Um, and how we got to start on, um, first Kickstarter. And then we really exploded on Indiegogo and then have been, uh, actively selling as a seven figure brand for the last like 18 months now. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we'll be talking about where Chris is and why we're here. Um, but ultimately, I've, um, I believe in taking space to figure out core business problems. And I feel like this opportunity through COVID, through 2020, has really allowed me to focus more on the human and like relationships and, and ultimately give me perspective on what I really want to focus on as an entrepreneur. And so... With that, um, the conversations with that I've been having with ex established e-commerce companies, Chris as well, um, shows that there's like a really big opportunity that a lot of people haven't really been able to figure out how to tap into. And this this understanding of how to use crowdfunding, not to launch new products, but really have it be a way to solve the current existing entrepreneurs biggest problem, which is cash flow and inventory financing. So the reason why Chris and I are going to be kind of going through this quick case study today is because we've, you know, we've talked a lot publicly about the marketing benefits to crowdfunding and how to uh, successfully bring a product to market. But we haven't actually talked about how current brands and even like using Chris as a case study, because, you know, we're planning for um, launching our second version of Jamstack on Indiegogo in a few short months. And I actually want to talk about the financial side of how a business can actually use crowdfunding to solve its biggest problem. So with several discussions from Chris, I'm like, dude, let's record this. I think you have really solid insight. And I think a lot of brands would benefit from understanding the financial cash flow side of things and really where Indiegogo can be an opportunity versus high interest loans, yep. investors, and whatever. So yeah, I Chris, mean, to be here, like when, yeah, I think a few brands have figured it out whether they started on crowdfunding like we did and then are like hell yes i'm going to do that again and i'll get into why um and then there's you see other big brands uh, huge brands on kickstarter and indiegogo and there is a reason why they're doing that and i think uh, most brands e-commerce brands though are confused they don't really understand what the core benefits of doing that is which we're going to get into mm -hmm. um, but the good thing about being an existing brand um, is that the numbers are better in every way, right? If you've got to dig yourself out of a hole, which is what we had to do as, you know, with no list, um, you know, a lower uh, budget, um, had to fund all of the tooling and, and, and engineering are through the campaign, not beforehand. Whereas an existing brand, most of that stuff is done. They've got, usually have, they have assets already to some degree. So really we're talking about inventory financing. And if you have a physical product, that is huge. And most people actually know that the payment terms and the timing of inventory is, can actually even be more important than the cost of the inventory itself And if you're trying to grow. And crowdfunding is amazing for that. So for any new listener that hasn't 
it doesn't really know much about Jamstack. Can you just give a like a brief introduction of what it is and then what the last two years has like really been for you? Yeah. Um, so for me, I guess I, you know, I do have an engineering background. I was teaching at the time, a musician. I built something for me that I wanted because I was really frustrated with what it was existing in the market at the time. I used, uh, so what a Jamstack is, is it is an, an attachable guitar amplifier that attaches onto the body of your electric guitar. But more than that is it passes the sound through your smartphone so that your smartphone can add effect pedals, loop, tune, record, all that fun stuff. Um, it actually holds your phone for you right by your right hand so that you can uh, make changes to your sound, play, play music from your phone along to guitar, all coming out of this really powerful but light speaker that's attached on your guitar. So it's just a, it's a more fun, versatile, convenient way uh, to play electric guitar. So that's what that's all about. And it was something, obviously, that people were waiting for a little bit and worked really well uh, on crowdfunding. Yeah. And guys, if you want, like, you know, more information, you can check out our last two interviews we did on the crowdfunding uncut podcast at Kirsten.com. Um, I want to focus on, cause we have only like 20, 25 minutes to do this in is like, you know, there are obvious benefits of starting Jamstack on Indiegogo, but now that you're established, you've been selling on your website for about 18 months now. Um, walk me through why you want to go back to Indiegogo. Yes. For um, the version two, right? right. Like so when you, when you, product, so. Right. So funding inventory, I mean, if you had, uh, I guess, limitless money um, in the bank and you had so much money that you could spend all on R&D and growth and operations and inventory, it still would make sense. So let's talk about that first. So number one is um, you get, you know, you get excitement, you get PR, you get SEO and you benefit from that for years, right? So that's, that's really cool. Um, there's just something, there's a, it has a brand of innovation and excitement around it. So that's number one, but let's, let's forget all of the auxiliary benefits from that right now. And let's talk about what it means for your customer acquisition costs and timing and how much inventory you're able to fund. So uh, as you know, we've, uh, you know, you've got an amazing kind of calculator where you can actually see how, how this all works. But if you, if you take money out of your bank account for inventory, if you have it, first of all, that's a problem because you should be spending that money on growth and, op and operations and R&D to improve you know, your system. So all of that money just being held up in inventory, it's gone it's, and it's useless to you until all of that's sold. That might take from the time that you issue the purchase order to the time that all of that is sold and in your bank, that might be six months where all of that capital is tied up, which is actually not even Apple doesn't work that way. It's, it's not efficient for them uh, or any company to do that. Um, but let's be honest, most you have a brand new product, you probably don't have a million dollars, quarter million dollars to put in inventory anyway. You've got minimum order quantities for an example. example. So um, what crowdfunding can do is there's organic audiences on these platforms that you can access if you know how to, if you have a system that, that, that does it mm -hmm. properly, right? Um, you know, you, you build up a list, you make it all work um, and it's clever. What at the end of the day, you can issue a large purchase order to your factory, which usually means you might even get better margins, right? Because you're increasing the size of the order. And you can fund all of the video assets that you need. You can fund the tooling if, you, you know, if you're successful enough and everything you can need to get started. 
and profit-making inventory with no interest payments at the end of it. You can end up with, you know, says you make a 5,000-unit purchase order, 4,000, you know, was committed, just throwing out numbers. 1,000, though, you can then take and sell and turn into profit, which you can then take to buy more inventory and start the system. And the only other options you have is, like I said, is taking all your working capital and putting it in inventory, which is a bad idea, or debt. And debt has a host of issues because debt is super risky. Debt is going to kill your cash flow and your um, for for months, you know, mm-hmm. on. And when you do crowdfunding, you've got profit making inventory and you've got zero debt uh, from the system because it, if you do it properly, it funds itself plus more. Yeah. And the thing to note with this is uh, I was talking with Dan Dembski of Ombao Marino and very similar to to you, like started business, uh, raised about 400 grand and then went back for round two for cash flow inventory. And that first campaign was a lot of work, like a lot of work. It was a hundred percent full-time effort of him and his team to get that off the ground. But by the time campaign number two came around, they already have an established audience. They already have video assets. They have an understanding of who their uh, target market is. And they have a pool of buyers that could then help aid sales of campaign number two. So he was telling me that like that first campaign was an all-encompassing mass effort. But number two was like a 20% effort because things were just like locked in. And so for Chris, that's going to be the same as you, because if we, you know, you and I have spent about two hours on this new calculator that we're rolling out for like inventory uh, cash flow forecasting um, and like, and just see what the profit margins is for uh, campaigns and stuff. And it's just like, it's a freaking no brainer if you think about it with an existing brand. But if we run the numbers for starter companies and we look at the bill for having how much, um, you know, your cost of good, your first round of inventory, product development, scaling, cash flow, like you're looking at upwards of like 40, 50, 60 grand plus, right? And a lot of beginner companies don't have access to that. Not to mention crowdfunding itself has become more competitive. So with you coming in as an existing brand, like three quarters of the work is already done for you. Yes, you have to build up your audience a little bit more. Yeah, you have to actually, you know, also build up your list a bit. You have to actually put a crowdfunding campaign page together in video, but it's like the effort is so much less than beginner, like starting products, you know? Yes, you're, I mean, you're learning really to become a business person, an entrepreneur and an e-commerce marketer all at once because you're someone with a great product, right? You have to be a thousand things and that's enormous. And you're trying to convince people to trust you too. And if you've been selling, you know, and shipping a premium product for a period of time, the amount of trust that you have is, is exponential there too. Yeah, for sure. And like when we look at, what were our assets in that first campaign? We had like three or four testimonials of musicians locally that had tested it. We had a great video um, and we had some sound clips. A couple of people, I think we were able to get, but, but the thing is we didn't have like multiple units to ship out to get reviewed. We, we had one or two prototypes maybe. And that, yeah. was, that was a huge barrier. Yeah, but like now going into the second campaign, we're absolutely going for double what we, we did originally, the testimonials, the customer base, the social proof, like we already have, you already have supply chain figured out. So any potential problems that first time product creators have, like 
what I love about this second run that you and I are doing together in a few months is like, it's the margin for error is a lot less. Like people that are buying the Jamstack this time and before, but like they know that we're not going to be delayed. They know we have it figured out. They know we have a certain quality that we're going after because it's like, it's a one and done. We've already been there and now we're using it to improve product or even uh, release like a new, like a new product line altogether. You know, like that's really what's possible with this. Yep. Um, We we know that people are interested in the product. We know that people want it. We know that people, um, you know, that it's something that people are attracted to again. So the risk, um, you know, I think a lot of people have a misunderstanding with, with what is risky and what isn't with a crowdfunding campaign. It's not that they cannot be risky. They can be. But mm-hmm. if you're if you really know the process and you've got a product people want and, you know, the risk really starts to go down and down and down pretty fast. Yeah. So as someone who, you know, you've raised in, um, you've raised investment, you know, we have a great board of directors. And you've, uh, you've gone after different ways to go after cash in the past. What, like, what have you found for other ways that you've had to try to get inventory covered, like from either loans, like we're talking about, um, like ClearBank, for example, how they're an idea of a short-term loan versus getting a loan over a four-year period. Like, you know, what are some things you've had to navigate through outside of crowdfunding? Yeah. So, I mean, loans are scary and they're risky. Um, first of all, usually they want personal guarantees on things. Um, if you, you know, you really have to know how to model um, your finances in a cash flow document to be able even compare the differences between your choices. Um, there are like, you know, these predatory lenders, you can get super high interest loans. There's, of course, here in Canada, you know, there's the BDC, which is much more friendly. You know, it, but again, you usually have to show like a year of profit even to to get access there. Uh, ClearBank is, I think, is, is extremely expensive. Um, it can it can be useful if you know that your marketing dollars are just like totally going to take off. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've really got to compare apples to apples and see how it works because if you've taken a large loan. Um, you have to service that loan and you've got, and that's going to hurt your cash flow until it's paid off. And that is, can really screw you over because if anything happens, anything risky happens, like, you know, a pandemic or, or just, you know, something, something happens out of the blue that you didn't have to you didn't expect and your cash flow changes. Well, you can't go into like a survival mode because you've got to service all this debt. You, it's not, it doesn't go away. It's not like, if you had to lay off one employee to reduce your burn a little bit and, you know, and, and calm down and then reorganize, get things back going, because that's what the entrepreneur journey is. Like very mm-hmm. few people, it's like, you're not knocking every month out of the park from, from launch till exit. It's just not how it works. But if you have debt, it's the one thing you can't shake if something goes wrong. Um, so that is, uh, that's, to me, that's extra scary. Yeah. And I think it's super important to be very aware of the financing options out there. Um, but what I have found is when you are, when you have a good plug and play system and someone who in your court who has done crowdfunding before is going to help you navigate, like, yes, you have to put money in to make money, but it's going to help you navigate really how much upfront you need to make. But when you look at the equation, 
especially as an, a current brand, like you are making profit at this point. So you put in 20 grand, you net one to 200,000, whatever, like depending on your situation, but you know, you need a good way to navigate that. And that's really cash in hand within three to four months of you putting together a campaign. Um, and for those who, that aren't super clear on what crowdfunding is, you are doing a marketing campaign on Kickstarter or Indiegogo and people are pre-ordering your product. So like the cash you're raising is a hundred percent for inventory and future cash flow for your business. Yep. And, um, like for example, you, if you do it right, the reward is, is really, tr it's huge. It's like the money comes out of, it's one of the only ways because you're selling so much in a short period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, and based on the platform and the excitement and the organic audience that you're tapping into, because you've got a system, um, the money really does come out of not nowhere, but it comes out of that process versus equity. You're giving up a piece of the company that's gone forever. You know, yeah. debt you have to pay back. This is just if you, money that you are getting back and you can do the math and be like, what would we have to do to just make this break even? And yes, it's a lot of time and distraction to break even, but you are, yeah. you are funding the launch of something. But if you're doing inventory financing, then it makes even more sense. You're literally just going to have, it's like profit making inventory out of the blue, someone handing you a check, you know, for a hundred grand because, you know, you went through all the time and effort, but you know, you, you got a crowdfunding campaign together. It really is that, that powerful. Yeah. I'm curious for you. Cause I know like the cost to bring Jamstack to market being a hardware product, there was way more upfront investment required because of electronic testing certifications tooling, like everything was just very expensive and crowdfunding helped you immensely with inventory. But I'm curious if you could speak to why you chose to bring on investors and trade a bit of equity. So, yeah, I mean, the, we very, very early, um, when we, we had a really great team and a really great plan, but we were very early and needed to spend money on tooling and engine and a lot of engineering. Um, and you know, as you go through the process from taking a design that's, you know, working to a design that's manufacturable, you always learn that it costs more than you think it's going to cost. And you also, there's other things that you want, you should be spending money on to launch a product and you can do it slowly or you can do it quickly. So we needed, we needed money for engineering. We needed money for, um, uh, just to have even more inventory. We needed money for, you know, branding assets and a lot of other things that we wanted to do to really turn it from just shipping a product to an entire company with a website and a brand and a mission and uh, all of that discovery. So there's a lot of costs to starting an entire company that we raised money for. Yeah. Awesome. I like that. And like, I know, you know, choosing whether to bring in investors and trade equity is completely a personal choice. I've talked to founders who didn't want to do it, talk to founders that do. And I think one of the absolute benefits of the investors that we have on is they are, some of them are amazing advisors from different industries that help lend amazing insights and feedback. So it like, yeah, while you are giving up, I don't know if, he, if you're giving up power with it, but we have like, your investor, they just help. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I do. in advisory capacity you
they want people to have, they want high net worth smart people to have a piece of their company because they're going to care. Really, and you know what I mean? You can have an advisor that just will pick up the phone for you, but that's different if their money's on the line and they're smart and they're connected. So mm-hmm. they're going to introduce you to other money. They're going to introduce you to services. They're going to introduce you to other entrepreneurs. They're going to care about your success if they have an interest in your business. And the more people that care about your success, the better. For example, you know, COVID-19 happens. I can go back to my investors and get, and go, hey, look, you know, we've shown that we've done great things. We, we're, we're looking for some more money because we have these more great things we're going to do. And, you know, COVID mm-hmm. happening and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, we want you to succeed and we trust you now. You know, you can get more access to capital from them. And yes, a lot of my advisors have grown out from my investors. Um, yeah, there are downsides. But for me, I, I had no regrets for raising money. It was absolutely the, the right decision. Yeah. And one thing I really like about, um, I guess, this conversation and crowdfunding, I don't want this conversation to sound like, oh my gosh, crowdfunding is amazing for everyone and it's the only way forward. Because, you know, people listening, you're smart entrepreneurs, you have built-in bullshit detectors, at least I hope. So I want to talk about the the other side of crowdfunding. So Chris, like, um, do you have anything to say on like the downsides to doing a campaign or things that people need to be aware of in the process? Uh, yeah, so time and energy and distraction is, is a big one. A lot of effort to do it properly. Um, depending if you're really testing, again, it's, I think it's different for brand new brands and, and just people who are financing inventory from they are, they, they're confident with their product market fit. But if it's the first time that you've ever asked money for something that you're doing, that can be really risky because you can have a beautiful campaign and you can have a beautiful video and you can have a perfect system but if, if your product just doesn't have the demand or there's something else that's better and you're not going to get, you know, that's risky. I would also say if you're developing a product, things always take longer than you think they're going to. And you're going to have to communicate with that audience and take the heat for any delays that come up, which, yeah. you know, is not um, not the best. Um but, uh, you know, those are the standard ones is that you want to make sure that you and you also want to use a lot, do, do a lot of spreadsheets. Make sure you can really afford to ship. Make sure you really understand the math that's involved um, and then make smart decisions. I, I think a lot of people are great product designers, but they haven't, you know, modeled the business before. And they go, yeah, I think that's enough money. And then they don't realize that, you know, by the time it's time to spend that money, they've already spent it on other things and it can it can it can dissolve very easily. Yeah. I think that's a great point and a more seasoned entrepreneur may be a little further ahead with that, but thing to things that can kill you that you don't realize until you're too far. Yeah. Um, focus on a great product that you've tested and you know works. Number one, great product. Um, otherwise, reviews are going to kill you. Second, know your costs going into the campaign. This is assuming you have a product that sells, winging it on the shipping side and not having those costs locked in with a, a um, logistics partner can mean that you are going to end up losing money on the campaign because shipping costs were not something you budgeted for. Okay, so that two things to go into it with. Um, and the other thing, it's super important, and we put a lot of emphasis on this with our clients, um, you need to make sure that you validate your product before you put it on Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Like, you need to know for sure that there's product market fit and you need a way to test for that. So... If that's you, come talk to me. 
because that's what we do. But anyway, like those are the the big risks with it. If you don't do your due diligence to really model what you where you're spending the money and your cost to get it off the ground, and you don't budget in like a ten to twenty percent margin for error, unforeseen things are going to come up. And while of course you can't you can't prevent every mistake from happening, but at least you can drastically mitigate. Um, losses or time wasted or, or whatnot by doing your due diligence ahead of time. Yeah, I think the whole entrepreneurial journey is about trying to level up and managing risk along the way. Everything to improve your business is going to be is going to have risk in it, all of it. But if you you have literally spent years and years and years analyzing the entire system and figuring out how do you manufacture as much risk out of that as possible, and that's all there. That's all you can ever do. But the, in the system, you know, is, it really works and it can, um, you know, it can be transformational, um, but you've got to know what you're doing. Yeah, 100%. Well, this has been great. I know you have a call in a few minutes. So do you have any famous last words for this? People? Um, no, I, I would just be like, you know, take a close, uh, take a close look at, at crowdfunding. Make sure you're modeling things, whether you're new. Or I've even talked to experienced business. They don't have a great model. Um, but I think when you plug in the numbers, you're going to see that there's uh, that it's it can be it can be really really uh, be really useful. Yeah, I love that. Awesome. So anyway, this has been great, um, guys. If you want to grab a Jamstack for yourself, go to Jamstack.io. It's a really fun little toy. Um, it's great. I have one over there. I'm a terrible guitar player. But anyway, apart from that, if you guys um, actually want to talk more about how you can incorporate a system like Chris's into your business, go to kirsten.com. Uh, link in the description. If not, it's K-H-I-E-R-S-T-Y-N. Good luck spelling it. But that's it. So thanks for today. Cheers. Are you launching a product on either Kickstarter or Shopify and you're feeling completely overwhelmed with the process? Hi there, my name is Kirsten, the CEO of Launch and Scale. To date, we've helped several online sellers sell millions of dollars online and scale their business from zero to seven figures by focusing on building an audience of fans that will actually convert into paying customers. If you're serious about building a seven-figure e-commerce brand with less time and less risk, you should check out our product launchpad. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step -step through the process of launching and scaling your product brand. Brands like the Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launchpad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launchpad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.